Hi everyone, Drew here to introduce you guys to yet another episode of Cosmic Crit, our wonderful actual play podcast. And with an announcement, we are actually on Spotify now. So if you prefer to use Spotify to listen to your podcasts, we are actually there in the library. You can search for us and listen to everything you want. And, you know, this is a whole new opportunity, a whole new uh, avenue for us to, to get new fans. So I figure I would reach out to a marketing company and sort of get some some ideas of some reactions of, of what's been going on on our show. See what people are really responding to. So <clears throat> let's see. Patrick, the scene with the dress. This is from Sean H, by the way. Patrick, the scene with the dress becoming a follower of Saren Ray was so moving. You could feel the emotion from both you and Tyler. Truly beautiful. Sean, I agree. From Kara L. Alindra's growth from a shy and eager to learn scholar into a decisive warrior and captain has been so inspiring to hear this past year. Keep up the great work. Kara, man, I agree. Uh, from John S. Why doesn't the mouse talk about cheese? The mouse should be talking about cheese like all the time. Okay. Yeah, okay, moving on. Uh, Dougie B, I love Raimi's Devil May Cray attitude. You better believe I'm throwing out Starfinder salutes in my games. <laughs> Dougie B, you know, I think you're right there, buddy. Will R says, I didn't want 150, 149, or 148. I wanted my favorite Andis 147 to stay. I was brought to tears when it was revealed they decided to remain. We all were. It was an emotional moment. One of the, maybe the pinnacles of this past year playing Starfinder. Lauren G writes, Rats are gross. Did they let them on the kitchen of the ship? I'd throw up. Okay. Um, all right. I, let's, let's look through some more of these. Uh, the goblins are so funny. I wish they were on the show more from Anna L. <laughs> okay. Uh, Envoys of the worst class. They do awful damage and their buffs aren't even that great. Feldspar, more like Feld spare me from having to listen to any more from him. Okay, uh, who rolls since motive on snacks? Dumb, okay, uh, this was obviously just a waste of time. Enjoy the show, guys. Episode 56, Edrasferatu. Last time on Cosmic Crypt. Osteth is back in control of this remote jungle base on Endor, or whatever planet this is. We learned that the stellar degenerator was the creation of the sieves, and when the Kish observed the destruction it caused, they hid it behind the gateway. Osteth reveals that destroying the stellar degenerator will also destroy her, but she asked the PCs to destroy the weapon regardless. We don't seem to be alone in here. Just had to look in that closet. What's another Yasoki doing all the way out here? Nak isn't related to Zix, but it sounds like her family is similarly sinister. Andis makes some new friends! From enemies! It's time for the crew to head back to the ship and travel to planetoid number two and face Null 9 for control of the Gate of the Twelve Suns! Episode commencing in 3, 2, 1. Episode initiated. In the dark future, where Detroit is a crime-ridden wasteland, there is one cybernetically enhanced law enforcement official that is able to bring justice to the lawless reaches of the vast, and that official is Robocrit. 
Dead or Alive, you're coming with us on another exciting adventure this week as we fight robots and loot caches. My name is Patrick, and I am your GM, General Manager for OCP's Research and Development Department. And going with me in a solemn mission to clean up the gang of cultists off the street, my five friends and your sworn cyborg defenders. To my left, he's got some fancy shooting. Uh, what's your name there, son? Why, it's true, playing Robo Feldspar. Don't move, creep. To his left, a giant scary robot that has guns for arms. It's Jabert playing Andis 209. You know that's me. Across the digital table, a strung out gang leader pushing a healing serum into his neck. It's Miles playing Rami Quindar. I'd buy that for a dollar. To his left, Murphy's partner and one of the coolest cops in cinema history. It's Rebecca playing Alindra Lewis. Hello. And finally, to my right, the real villain here, an old white guy who represents 1980s corporate greed and excess. It's Tyler playing on Dress for Us. Oh, give the man a hand. Give the man a hand. <laughs> it's, it's a, that was a good one. I think no, I no, that, that one was. I, <laughs> I, I, I got it like uh, way after. <laughs> Just thinking it was definitely a Tylerism, which is now a word that's uh, in the dictionary. No, um, I did. I, I, I done did my homework. Teach, aren't you proud? <laughs> uh, Wait, what was that? What, what was that? It was a quote from RoboCop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've never seen that movie. Okay. <laughs> Did you Google it very quickly, Tyler? I cut this. Cut this. Just, just. I totally didn't do that. Cut this. I, cut this I, de- I definitely saw his mic go on mute for one of the few times that he ever. Oh, it definitely wasn't because I was typing in Google, guys. Let's move on. Hey, what happened to the crew? Last we checked off, they killed some robots. And there's this weird next cousin or something showed up. I'm just going to quickly Google Robocop uh, quotes, and that's like one of the. First First one that comes up in the first link, and then we'll know what the truth is. Wait, wait, um, let's see. No, no, we're not gonna do that. No, we don't have not. time. I did. It's not the first one. <laughs> I said we don't have time, Miles. <laughs> uh, you don't have time. I got. I got all the time in the world. Welcome back, everyone. We are <laughs> more than halfway done with book five of Dead Sons. That's unbelievable. It might have seemed like that was the the ultimate battle <laughs> the last couple yeah. episodes Felt but like it. no no oh, it was close call close <laughs> about call. halfway there and you've got these level 10 characters and i'm sure you're all mm. ready to get back into the adventure huh Heck yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, too bad. You've forgotten. It's time for a minute check-in uh, with another player, <laughs> you dum-dums. Uh, this week, it's uh, Jibbity Jim Jam Jabert. Jabert, how are you hanging, bud? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. I'm uh, excited for this mm. weekend. Uh, well, I guess I'm excited for a couple reasons. I'm excited that some of you guys are going to get to play with our listeners. And I, I, when this comes out, it'll be in the past. But, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but You're also excited for future past events. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, like, I'm I'm a little sad because I'm not going to be able to make it. Uh, but I'm also happy because I'm going to be in Spain. So. Ooh. Oh, trip. Yeah. yeah. We got to record some of these a little bit early. <laughs> yeah. So we're time traveling on this podcast. <laughs> um, are awesome. you going? Are you going to the plane? Oh, um, oh. Well, I know there's no rain. Well, I think it stays oh, mainly. Oh, it's, it's mainly in the plane, so I must not be there. No. Okay, good. Boom! <laughs> I just take well, a quick. Sorry, I, I wanted I wanted a reference that Rebecca would get uh, since she didn't get the RoboCop stuff at the top. Of I the mean, episode. I did get it. It wasn't a great reference. <laughs> 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 Definitely. <heard> <laughs> 
<laughs> let's go back to the RoboCop reference. Uh, no, let's get back. Let's get back into the action. Last time on Cosmic Crit, you all met Zix, which is spelled X I X. Very confusing. Oh, that's good. That's good. Zix, and Zix. yeah, she's apparently one of these cultists that was left behind here in Gateway One's facility. The sister to Zaz, and distant relation to another other than uh, Nack Feldspar, dealt with her and her <laughs> robots that uh, you, you took over from her. <laughs> and when we last left off, you're gonna all spend some time to rest. And are you gonna head back to the the drift rider to sleep? What are you, what are you doing? Oh yeah, definitely want a bed. Yeah, okay. I think that would be the best. I mean, I've got a bedroll, but yeah, I think we should get back to the ship. <laughs> you've got you've got a a, a mobile hotelier, right? Yeah. We've, we've yeah, we've also made a like several beds just out of the bodies of everything we've killed in this facility. All the ectoplasm. I just we just like scooped yeah. it into a bag, <laughs> yeah. and now it's like a big bean bag full oh, of yeah. bodies. <laughs> Yeah, spiky think... armor though. I don't think that'll be very comfortable. <laughs> no. People think that down pillows are great. Try shoving some ectoplasmum in a bag and tell me it's not better. <laughs> you can hear the the dead souls screaming while you sleep. It's <laughs> <laughs> giving the best nightmare. Oh, so great. It form fits to your head though, so perfect comfort. Right. Minus the night terrors. It's like the best sleep <laughs> you'll get between those oh. the interrupted REM sleep. We didn't land exactly what you guys are going to do with Zix. Are you taking her back to the Drift Rider as well? She's kind of a, a willing prisoner at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I, I don't think... I don't want to leave her alone in the uh, the facility with Eltreth, so... Already. She definitely She will definitely take some stuff apart. But if we could, I don't know if uh, Andis can whip up some kind of sedative medicine medicine that she could take just to kind of calm her down from all the destructive and take apart tendencies she seems to have um i'll i'll, I'll see what i can whip up maybe some maybe some uh, handcuffs too i can definitely make those <laughs> definitely know how to make handcuffs i i may be able to make a medicinal that can help her relax <laughs> Yeah, so you all can march back to the Drift Rider. It is pretty uneventful. You see the same path burnt into the forest and the locations where the Jub Snuff attacked and, and broke through the trees, as well as where the Atrocyte came at you from seemingly thin air and started raining down death and destruction. But the Drift Rider is unfazed from uh, you know a few hours earlier. It wasn't too much before you just landed on this planet. And you get back and everything's fine aboard. And I imagine, so you guys want to rest up overnight and we talked off air. You have some things you want to, some craft, craft up and uh, convert UPBs into some items. For sure. Yeah, we have quite a few items. We've got, uh, well, one weapon, a whole load of fusions and some healing serums. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked too much about crafting on the, the podcast before it is uh, compared to me coming from Pathfinder Starfinder crafting very simple I mean I think I can sum it up without having the rules in front of me you can basically craft whatever you need if you have the appropriate ranks in, in certain skills equal to the level of the item you want to craft. So everything in the game has a an item level, basically, as far as magic items, weapons, things like that. And for example, let's take um, a magical fusion. I know some of you are making up some some fusions. If you have the the ranks 
in uh, mysticism equal to the the level of the fusion you can just make it up you have to have yeah. the materials and you know the space in which to do it a lot a lot easier than in crafting and some other games also very simple that upbs it's a one-to-one credit kind of exchange so if something costs 100 credits it's 100 upbs thank you paizo thank you <laughs> thank you no no tenth you know, a silver is a tenth of a gold and the gold is a tenth of a platinum <laughs> and all that good stuff. So very simple. So you guys are spending time doing that and, and resting up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before you head out to uh, mm-hmm. to another gateway. Yeah, Remy's taking a nap. Yeah, well, I'm just going to go through all of you and, and talk about some things that happens in that time. Knack, uh, start with you. You guys can square away Zix, but uh, she, you know, calls to you after she's calmed down a bit. I don't know if it's just getting her away from the other cultists or what have you, but um, her being on the Drift Rider, she's relaxed. She's carried with her just the bits and bobs of her destroyed drone in in her bag that are completely destroyed. (laughs) I think uh, Edros cut it in twain in the previous episode. Uh, You guys can strip off her armor, take away her weapons or whatever else. But she does ask you specifically, Nack. She says, I- I- I'll stay out of your way. You know, I won't cause any trouble if you just let me tinker with my drone, cousin. Can I tinker with my drone? I'm not so sure about that. The funny thing about drones and mechanics is they have a tendency to use that to gain leverage. Uh, put weapons on it, armor on it, and uh, send it around to do who knows what around our ship. She's, you know, looks pretty crestfallen. She's like, it's... It's my friend. When Zaz is in here, QO keeps me company. Now, if you guys leave me, I'm going to be all alone. Can I sense motive on this? Sure. That is a 21, and I would like to add my expertise tied to that as well, which is another 8, so it's a 29. Full on. She definitely does seem sentimental about the drone. She doesn't seem to be trying to get around you, I guess, or uh, fool you into doing something. And, you know, if you want to talk to to Andis about that uh, later, you can give her just enough to work with it. But I don't like take out the the power core and things like that. And so it'd be non-operational. But she says, you know, I'd love any UPBs or electronics you're not using to maybe just play around in, in my robot's head and see if I can eventually get it working again. How many UPBs do you think you'd need for that? Let me look this up in the rulebook real quick. <laughs> I, I, I don't actually think she needs some for the the drone, but time to to repair it. Any anything that you're willing to give, basically, she's she's asking for. You know, old weapons or things, um, computers she can break down. No weapons, not yet at least. But I'll give you some. I'll give you uh, some UPBs. See if you can get it back online. At least get it get its vocal modulator working so you can talk to it. Nack, listen, I know that I'm not myself, and if you're like me, I don't really remember what I used to be like anyway, but I, I just want you to know that this lady, this pink-haired lady, she's ready to tear the system apart to get that weapon thingy, so whatever you're doing, just be careful in going after her. Can you tell us anything about her? Anything that uh, you might not have been able to tell us while we were still down there on the planet? Yeah, no, she's just, she's not a, a great person. She's mean to everyone. But if you if you do find Zaz uh, and can spare him, please do it. He's you know, a good brother, and he's all I have left out here in the vast. How did your brother get involved with, with the Cult of the Devourer? Um, I think we 
touched on it uh, a little bit last week, but they were both on a ship that broke down, was attacked, you know, kind of went missing and were on it for a good month, running out of supplies, running out of uh, power, and they were saved by um, Null Nine in the Singularity. So she's been running with them for a, a couple years, along with Zaz. So let's go on from Knack and quickly move on down to the <laughs> snoozing Raimi, I imagine. <laughs> uh, taking taking a nap, uh, maybe getting ready to think about your spells again for the, the following day. Yeah, um, I mean, Raimi, Raimi has, I mean, <laughs> taken quite a beating in his adventure in, was this Gate 8? This is gate one. One. Yeah, this is the only of the controller planets that has an atmosphere and things like that. This okay, I, just, I couldn't remember the number. Um, so yeah, he he had taken a beating, and he's he's just kind of like he's wanting some peace and quiet. He's cuddling Mister Scruffins, just kind of getting some some R and R time with his puppy, and just chilling out. I know that people have requests for for stuff that they want Remy to make, but the, his priority right now is kind of just decompressing and getting some rest to kind of uh, regenerate his spells and mm-hmm. kind of just get back up to tip-top shape. Down some hit points, do you, do you have to use some healing serums in addition to, to sleeping overnight, or are you leaving those, uh, leaving those to heal for another day? Probably to leave them heal for another day. All right. Fortune favors the bold. Um, when you do wake up the next day, you are feeling a better and you can start getting to work on uh, just taking a look at the flight data that Galara is feeding to you from the, the gate one planet when you came down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting to one planet is one thing. Moving from one to another, you can already tell it's going to be very dangerous. It'll take a few hours of very careful navigation, but you're pretty sure if your ship takes more damage, you know, more than it did on that one-way trip, the, the gravitational waves that uh, bypassed your shield, you know, may make more travel in this system beyond this single trip. Pretty impossible. Okay. Um, so do, do I need to be like trying to study some maps for for um, the navigation, or is it just more just prepping to to pilot through it? Well, so you're you're doing the math and studying the the maps is going to help, but more than that, you know, you're going to need the the help of Alindra and Andis doing the that real-time kind of like mathematics to figure out the safest route okay but you're, you're just realizing having flown a lot of ships been in a couple of battles that yeah you took a, a, a damage in the, in the last few fights in the last flight and it could very well be a um a one-way trip if this transit to gateway number two doesn't go well okay well um <laughs> I, I guess that uh, Raimi is going to keep that in mind before he talks to everyone about uh, making this next journey to the next gateway. Okay, yeah. we can we can do some repairs with uh, with UPBs to the ship, mm-hmm. even if we're not at dock. Um, mm-hmm. So it just takes a little bit of time. Exactly. Let's go on to Andis One Four Seven. You have a, a lot of time crafting the overnight, right? Yeah, I've got some. Uh, I've got uh, a weapon that Adras was looking for that I've agreed to craft up, mm. and um, so you're you're in like the engineering bay, like with like hammer and anvil, I imagine, or right. it might be very different for for science fiction. It, yeah, it is very I'm different. You, the... you actually have to take 
you have to actually take uh, magma and encapsulate it into a gravity field that makes it into a blade. <laughs> yes, yeah, so right. go get some magma. <laughs> well, just, well here, here in my here in my backpack. <laughs> oh, my hand man. yeah. So backpack. I don't, I don't know how you're making magma, bro, but uh, you make it. Yep. <laughs> Right. It's it's so yeah. simple. You just you 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 put on the the campfire a couple rocks. Yeah. Bingo yeah. bango. An hour later. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's 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 sort of like a like a vulcanization process. You have to pass pass like a lot of yeah. electricity through like uh, a, a few you know, specific types of uh, ore. But you know, the UPBs actually work pretty well for this. So it's sort of just like in this like this foundry in the tech in the tech workshop or. You know, you sort of, uh, you sort of like, you know, pile in your UPBs, and uh, it's, you sort it's of, not you sort like of a lava flow. The pressure. Well, no, it's, it's not. <laughs> you need it's not like a, a small flow. amount. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's it's not like a volcano's worth of of magma. It's just uh, <laughs> just enough to pour into a bowl. So yeah, exactly. yeah, you pressurize it, you uh, you electrify it, and then uh, and then you uh, you pour. And then it's the cooling is really the 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 uh, the important part here. You want to just pour liquid ice right on top to make it as brittle as possible, right? <laughs> exactly. That's what that's what I'm planning. It's a big. It's a good goof. Um, <laughs> while while you're back there working, uh, the goblins come up to you, and Bumfuzzle, you know, looks pretty sheepish at you and, and says, "We've been wanting to talk to you, Andis." What's on your mind? Cattywampus says. Since back on Alluvion, actually, we, we wanted to say we're very happy that you came back, and we're sorry if we caused the malfunction in the machine that you made for yourself. What do you we're, mean? We, we've been writing and rewiring the holographic chamber the last few months, and we're worried that it's caused the short circuit that nearly killed you. No, no, Cattywampus, that was not your fault. I, I assure you, it was... Uh, it was uh, something that I had not taken into account. I'd uh, not anticipated the work that my predecessors may have done, and uh, it just didn't it just didn't click right. But our predecessor Collywobble was kind of a weirdo, but he had these visions, and and we believed in him. He said if we did everything he said in getting you here to the gateway, that you all get a chance at saving the universe. Well, you all have done a admirable job. I think Kali Wobble would have been very proud of both of you. Bumfuzzle shakes his head, nods, and, and says, All that faith we had in him, we now put in you. We have never seen anyone come back from the other side. That must mean you're special. We will protect you like we protected Kali Wobble. And Cattywampus quickly adds, uh, uh, Bumfuzzle, we, we let a blue dog on the Acreon eat Collywobble's face off. Uh, and as we promised to protect you better than Collywobble. That's right, that's right just promised. <laughs> blue dogs eat me. A, a little bit better. <laughs> we'll, we'll kick the dogs off your face. That's very much appreciated. Alindra, we find you as you're resting. You gotta do some crafting as well, but looking over some data, maybe on a, a monitor and stately captain's quarters zodi exploring the large room making some cooing noises as it kind of climbs on everything but yeah uh, galara has prepared for you some data on this other controller moon that you're heading to this one especially looks like all the rest very lifeless gray rocks but comparing it to notes you brought with you to absalom station many months ago it seems like yeah these planetoids 
are indeed a complete match for Kalathu 7, a world that you studied years ago with Master Pasalar. Yeah, it, it, are they are they clones of the moon or can I tell? Like yeah, which came first or I hate to break it to you, you cannot clone a planet. You can't? <laughs> no, not genetic. <laughs> but yeah, you, you do remember walking, you know, you're, you're taking a look at this picture and you remember walking along these certain canyons, the of this lifeless rock for hours on end as Pasilar was furiously working in a, a temporary lab that you all had set up there. And you remember those pathways to this day, the, the steep hill down to the bottom, the climb up the rocky side, sitting around these large this large crater. But as you look at the telemetry data now, um, why don't you make a physical science check, see what you can tell. Okay, it's a 23. <laughs> And being so, astronomy, would it be a negative five to the DC on that? This one, no. This is this is more about just the, the way these rocks are formed. You notice okay. something is off about the geological features, and you begin to see something you perhaps couldn't fathom at the time years ago when you're back on Kalathu 7. The rocks and canyons, the craters, all these formations in the stone do seem engineered. And you see them kind of rigidly spaced out, methodically aligned along various axes on the, the planetoid. And taking a look at where Osteth marked on the maps, uh, you see this large crater for what it really is. A door, a hangar bay that should open up into a maintenance tunnel for starships hundreds of feet wide. And supposedly that is where you're headed. That's way to get like inside the planet. What does Alindra think she'll find there? Well, the last time I heard about going inside of a planetoid like Kalathu 7, it was in reference to her her twin sister or something, mm. who was like in the void of Kalathu 7. Very Ooh, weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if what you've gleaned is to be believed, there there's definitely some kind of mystic energy that, that's happening inside these rocks. You've gotten data from the, the, the foundry on Istamac that these somehow control graviton energies in some way, the, these planetoids. But yeah, you're not not too sure. It is, you know, where we are in the science fiction universe that you guys know, it's way far advanced. It's it's manipulating kind of the, the subatomic uh, structure of the universe and making it pretty easily done from from what you've seen in the the gate of the 12 suns so far yeah and i I guess she wouldn't be all that surprised to uh to realize this because when we've gone into planetoids and asteroids and other celestial bodies before they seem to be often filled with alien technology that is mixed with magic so i i suspect that she realizes that this is is likely to be the same a lot of technology mixed with magic and probably even more powerful than what they've seen so far yeah packed worlds has a good a handle on hybrid technology so computers and magic this seems kind of like they were designed one in the same and on a scale that is you know beyond anything that the packed worlds can can do so still very very high tech but um yeah yeah we'll, we'll figure it out Let's before we do though, let's go to Edros. Let's go to Tyler. Tyler, you wake up in a cold sweat after your rest. The water filling the cracks in your scales, rolling off your cot. You find you're no longer on the drift rider, but 
in the vacuum of space. You feel your lungs expanding. You can't catch a breath. Looking around, it seems like the, the openness of the void around you is infinite, but your vision fades in into the distance and you see that you're far away, but within sight of the system uh, with the, the gateway of the 12 suns. So you see these, this perfect circle in the darkness of space and you look up above you, you see what seems to be the ribcage of some colossal creature towering over your body. Pain overtakes you and it feels like your brain is on fire, your lungs being pulled apart, but a hand reaches in and kind of taps you on the shoulder. It's a human figure in archaic looking armor that has a glowing sheen to it. On her hip is a long sword bearing the markings of the Dawnflower. Her hair is bright red. You see faint scar lines across her face from very old wounds. Realization kind of washes over you that this is some kind of vision and you can relax your brain understanding that you don't have to breathe here. Your mind kind of adjusts. This woman looks to be, from, from what you've gleaned, an ancient paladin of Serenray. She lifts you to your feet, kind of points towards the gateway. She stares at it for some time, and slowly you see an image begin to form out there in space. Out in the Black Aether, you see an impossible sight, a massive obsidian skull, just millions of miles tall, illuminated by the, the Gate of the Twelve, and in slow motion, its jaw kind of opens wide and, and moves forward, taking a bite out of the system. Half of the suns in the gateway immediately exploding in a supernova that ripples across the cosmos. And as the blast wave makes it closer and closer to you, you see that you're on the, the deck of a ship and the woman turns to you just before the fire consumes you both. She leans into your ear and whispers, Night will never fall if you choose to carry the flame. You awaken a sweat. This time for real. <laughs> in real life. And in real life, Bumfuzzle is at the foot of your bed, eating very stale crackers and just looking transfixed. Um, are any of those for me, maybe? No, these these are my snacks for the show. You're, you're more interesting to watch than uh, Trivids, Edros. You say some pretty weird stuff in your sleep. Oh, I'm glad somebody's finding entertainment in my rest. I am certainly not. What, what does Edros do after that happens? What are, what's he thinking about? Uh, I mean, he's. I, I think a few things are probably going through his head. Edros doesn't really understand what, or maybe up to this point, he didn't really understand what's on the other side of the gate. It's all very abstract. You know, a big ship blows up, blows things up. You know, he was in the Vesk Navy. He's seen big ships that blow things up. Wasn't very impressed. That got his attention. That's different. And I think he's now trying to, you know, he's trying to grasp the reality of the power that he has to come up against, knowing that his only defense is this power in the, the, the power of Saren Ray that channels through him and that he has to focus and be able to channel that power better than he's ever done before in order to face, I mean, a system ending devourer. And so I, he has Andis working on a new blade. And I think when Andis returns that blade, he's going to spend a lot of time practicing because now his signature style was using a two-handed weapon, but now he has two one-handed weapons and he's got to re-familiarize himself with how that works in combat, how he wants to use it to be effective. Hmm. And he's going to try and find focus through training and try to use Saren Ray's 
powers in his training so that he can kind of come to grips with the reality of this destructive force he saw in his vision. One of these weapons is your your longsword that you've got, right? You right. And of um, Zavra, the foundry. Mm-hmm. What's yeah, this new so, one? So, the, uh, so the, well, we're, both are kind of we've got a new blade and an upgrade to the old blade. So the the vor, the the ultra thin longsword mm-hmm. we're getting we're putting a, a, a vorpal fusion into it. Oh, so boy. The longsword was great, but it did not have uh, it wasn't magic and it didn't have any critical hit modifier. And mm. Andros wants to make this blade. It's it's his best weapon and he wants to make it as deadly as possible. It did so, not go snicker snack before, but uh, it, it certainly does now. Now you can you can run the, the jub snuff through and through. <laughs> One, two, one, two. Oh, yeah. And then the new blade is just a magma blade, and uh, which is from Armory, Mm, which is really, really cool. It is actually so what's kind of cool is it's a powered weapon. It does fire and slashing damage. And when you power, so the blade is actually made of stone. It looks like stone. But when you power it up, it turns into, you know, molten magma. So. That's yeah, uh, I think it's a really through it. That's that's how magma's made. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's a really cool weapon, and it gives him the ability to uh, have his his really powerful damage dealing weapon in one hand, but also have an EAC option in uh, his other hand, and also that way he can deflect and also attack anything that may come at him. So he's fully prepared. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, right. So you know. Resting up, crafting, taking time to practice, maybe modulate some armor. I don't know if you guys have a ton of that to do. Making some installations, things like that. It takes up a good amount of time, but eventually you realize that you are on a clock and you guys have to head out. So let, let's let's talk about that. Um, after you've rested up and maybe make some, some repairs to the ship, are you ready to to blast off of this this main planet and or if you're already off in in space make the kind of transit between these gravitational fields if we have five hours to spare i can get the uh the ship the ship uh repaired mm-hmm. um, uh so and if i make a check i can try to get it done in two and a half hours i was about to say with the help of the goblins i would say you can easily do it in in that time Okay, cool. It will, st- I mean, like I said, it will still bypass all of your shields, and it's going to take a degree longer to go from one planet to the other, you know, escaping a gravitational field and, and moving into another one. So, as science officer, Knack, can you go ahead and roll me a D8? Yes, I can. A one means we fly into the sun. Oh, boy. <laughs> eight. It's an eight. So, it's going to take... You know, even with your best uh, calculations moving between these two planets, it's going to take eight hours to get between them. But good news, it is fairly straightforward. But, you know, going through taking eight hours to get there, if you aren't able to navigate that uh, successfully, that will more than likely destroy your ship. But since you made this transit last time, you've uh, hopefully (laughs) added some skill ranks into our our physical science or piloting skills. (laughs) And I think at this point, Andis, you automatically are able to aid in plotting a course Uh, for piloting for physical science. Oh, yes, yes. It's been a while (laughs) since we we went down to the planet. But and, And Rebecca, after review, you're 
only going to be able to fail the physical science check if you roll a one. So mm -hmm. can, <laughs> can you just go ahead and roll me 8d20 right now? Let's see. 8d20. 8d20. Yeah, you have to make one per hour. Oh, my chance. goodness. Okay, hold on one sec. Which is why Pressure's on. The these cannot be aided. Uh, Ooh. Well, 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 we've run the gambit, <laughs> the gamut here. Uh, <laughs> there's a one and a 20 <laughs> in here. <laughs> but yeah, one of these hours you are unable to aid. But that's okay, because all these hours that you did aid in rolled one, it, it is impossible with Miles's piloting skill uh, <laughs> to be unable to navigate these invisible barriers. I think unless uh, Miles, what's your piloting now? My piloting current mm -hmm. is plus 19. Okay, so that that's not that bad. I, I think <clears throat> I did the, this math correct then. In the hours that both Alindra and Andis are, are aiding you in making these checks, uh, you just have to roll a a two <laughs> to to get past the piloting. Okay. And in that, in the one hour that she failed, uh, with the one, you need to roll a four. So not crazy. Why don't you go ahead and roll eight d twenty as well? We'll see. See how you're able to make this very long the maximum time for this transit. All right. Um, so do I? Do I roll just eight d twenty, or do I yeah. need to roll my and piloting? Then, no, no, no. Um, you, you can just roll eight d twenty because we know what the the pilings are going to be, and the the fifth dice that you roll is going to be the the one you have to roll four or higher. So the danger, yeah. And you have failed just one of them. Another natural one there, and pretty late. You know, you guys have been flying for hours at this point, so maybe maybe it's starting to get a little tense. Maybe uh, letting the pressure slip on you, but with that, you only take uh, the, the ship only takes a few more d8 of damage, 48 uh, exactly. So I will roll that. It's not going to affect us getting down there, so you are able to make it to the planet pretty easily. And this is something you can repair oh. later on. 19 that, points of hull damage, it's like barely nothing. That'd be terrible to have a TPK where the ship just ripped apart, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, no, we're just flying you guys, at speed and. You guys would, yeah, have to just crash land on the planet. Or, uh, <laughs> and then we all die. It's fine. Pop out the, uh, got escape pods, you're fine. Good. If I'm going to die, I want to die in atmosphere at least. Uh, we did this last time, but is 19, it's past the critical threshold? Uh, yes, it is. The critical, um, we, critical threshold is 50. We can roll another one of those because it could affect some of those skill checks. Um, yeah. Um, we're bringing up. up the old D100. All right, let's see. Do you want to roll it? Yeah. 88. Crazy 88s. Okay, so that's, it's not great. That's the power core. Oh, um, so it does affect, you know, systems on the ship for a little while until you're able to get back there and, and patch it together. But besides that, it's not going to not going to throw you off too, too much. But yeah, these gravitational waves not to be taken lightly. Very dangerous. But you'll make it. Right, so the Drift Rider slowly descends to a dead planet, a lifeless gray rock called Gate Number Two. And as your starship draws closer, you guys outside of the gravitational field, how's everyone doing? You've, you've rested up, but you got a bit of a beating the previous day. Uh, are you guys still down hit points at this point? Oh, yeah. It's real nice to get all that SP and resolve back, but I am still dangerously low on HP. 
but you did craft up some some more yes serums do we want to burn some of those now do we want to use some some more med kit action yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna if you don't mind i'm gonna go ahead and try to treat those deadly wounds on you if i can can you do it for me too i think i still need a little bit Um, i don't know if i can assist my own medical check but i can assist ramey's i think (laughs) and alindra and edros you guys okay on hp I'm going to hold off for now. I am down on HP, but I'll be okay after glow of life, but I'm going to, I'm going to save it. Okay. So let's Adros is annoyingly healthy and energetic and he pats back <laughs> on the back too hard. And he's like, you'll be, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Hey, if you need anything, I'll have Sarah and Ray heal you. <laughs> Alrighty. So if I get a two on this, you also get my intelligence bonus. So let's see. You have a plus 24 at this point. Uh, plus 23. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a two. Yeah. For 25. Uh, yeah. 13. That'll do. Yep. So that's going to be to just have to remember what actually treat, treat deadly wounds actually gives back. Is it, it's just, your, is it your character level? One per level plus your anti. If you've exceeded the DC by five, the DC is 20 at this point. Your mm-hmm. your med kit. So, yep. oh boy, we're level ten. Yeah. What's 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 Andis's int at these days? Uh, seven. So that's seventeen so that's, HP. That's like better than an average on a Whew, uh, healing serum mark two, right? Yeah, doing yeah. pretty good on that. Yeah. Do you still need Drew to use a healing serum? Uh, I'm okay right now. Okay. okay. And uh, do you want to roll for Ramy? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not a two. <laughs> We're not below a two. Hey. <laughs> oh, Dak, help out though. Let's <laughs> so you get that hit point back seventeen miles. Woohoo. Do you do you want to use a serum or two? Uh no, I should be fine now. Great. Then let's move on. Why don't um, Drew, you give me a computer check, make a, a scan of the planet. Almost that natural one. <laughs> Almost that natural one. <laughs> with, with the ship's bonus, um, yeah, it's over 30. So pretty easy scan. With that roll, you're detecting no life signs on the planet's surface pretty easily. There's no atmosphere. There's nothing green you can see down there. But you are detecting gravitational waves that you've seen pop up on your scanners elsewhere in this system that you've been navigating the last third of a day. And it seems like they are emanating from the core of this planet. You detect no buildings on the surface here, but there definitely seems to be some kind of large underground complex that the scanners are picking up. Kish-made complex. And you find quite easily the location that Hosteth has pointed out. A huge hatch. And as soon as the ship, the Drift Rider, comes close, this humongous set of colossal metallic doors in the bottom of a crater opens up and you see an impossibly long tunnel that falls into the center of the planet for hundreds of miles. Why don't uh, Mile, as uh, Raimi is the pilot, why don't you roll um, roll any dice you want. How about that? (laughs) Any dice. You pick. Dealer's choice. Oh, come on! (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. <laughs> I saw it come up as a 20, but you rolled a, a D20. Uh, that That's actually good. This is <laughs> you roll the one on a D20 to get it out of the way. I was just going to ask you to flip a coin because this is 50 50. It takes an hour of travel through this tunnel at, you know, impulse speed to get to where anything changes. It's just a tunnel to like supposedly the center of this planetoid. It takes a long time to get there. A better part of 60 minutes. At this regular flying speed, the there are some lights that pop up in this tunnel, and they zip past the drift rider, you know, 
almost every second making it like a strobe effect. Eventually, you come to a point where the, the tunnel widens and splits off into three docking bays. They branch off one left, one dead center, and one to the right. There's a large green light over the, the two sides, left and right, and a large red one above the middle dock. What do you want to do? Captain? I want to say let's go left. Just a gut feeling. Is there anything I can roll to check on my gut? <laughs> <laughs> a medicine check, uh, maybe? Roll to be right. A lender's gut, <laughs> gut is Rebecca's gut. So you, you make that choice. Yeah, let's go left. Any any dissenters? Any anyone disagree? Uh, sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds and me oddly. <laughs> oh man, I always remember whenever I have to make a left or right decision. Uh, I don't know. Did anybody play Gauntlet Dark Legacy? Yes. In one of the levels, there was like a little. There were two chests. One was trapped, and one was full of gold. And there was a little scroll that you could read, which just said, "The righteous choose right." And so, whenever faced with a left-right decision, <laughs> I'm always reminded of that moment. Is oh. is uh, Edros righteous? <laughs> I don't know hold if he's on. righteous. Hold on, you just had a vision of a paladin. Do we need to like go for the right then? I don't what? know if those things are connected because he also saw. I also saw a, a giant school come out and bite. A, a system in half. So I, I did say that the paladin reached out with a specific hand. Do you not remember which hand I said? Oh no! Oh, you're gonna mess too this bad we don't, adventure. Too, too bad we don't record these things, Drew. Cut the audio. Send me the audio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna quickly Google a quote from Robocop. <laughs> oh, oh, come on! That was really That was near the bottom. <laughs> oh, boy. We have fun here. Um, so, no, yeah, I'm, I'm going with your first gut. You guys go into <laughs> the left hangar, and as, as the ship angles its way in that direction, the doors open automatically and seemingly into vacuum, and you can move on inside. You see maybe some motes of space dust kind of floating low gravity here that are quickly sucked to the ground where it seems there is an artificial gravity accelerator. The The walls look to be made of a, a smooth, high-tech metal, <laughs> seamless, seemingly, in a continuous conflict, kind of like single wrap around the room. And you see one set of convex, kish-sized double doors leading to the south of this chamber, what that looks like right now as we travel to travel to the map this is the good side of the map because it's the one where the compass is on <laughs> i can tell you which direction you're kind of pointing right so yeah as you guys move in the the door to the hangar bay you know, as you put the drift rider down kind of senses that you're here the doors close and the galara will say you know that they are indeed pressurizing the bay pumping it full of atmosphere but it does seem like it will take some time um you guys want to uh wait or do you want to head out now what do you want to do do we know how much time it's going to take to pressurize <sighs> maybe an engineering check <laughs> do some quick math on the fly <laughs> yeah mm. How smart is Andis? Very, Very smart. <laughs> Very smart. <laughs> smart man. Smart boy. Smart person. It, uh, a 41 on your dice is more than enough to do some quick calculations for volume here. It, it's going to take about 15 minutes as you see these large kind of like solidified ozone panels in, in the wall subliming into the, the atmosphere and 
letting off that cool sci-fi steam that you see every once in a while. Yeah, sci-fi steam. I bought some of that for a party a few years ago. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah, exactly. In every <laughs> in every uh, ship cooldown, it's like, oh, we gotta let off all this. I, I, bought, I bought I bought a space kingmaker on a, a space <laughs> sci-fi steam uh, <laughs> last week. Uh, so while we're waiting, Alindra is going to tuck Zodi in the water bottle pocket on her backpack, on her Starfinder backpack, by the way, that she just got. <laughs> oh, she's coming with? Yeah. Well, yeah well, why, why are you bringing the pet? Yeah, I was going to say, because it, it's only 15, it might come in handy. It's only 15 minutes. Because, why don't we just go? Because because we all know that cats fit inside of hoodies. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That hasn't come oh. out yet. So <laughs> many callbacks. Uh uh yeah before we, before we head out i'm gonna go over and hand over the uh the magma blade to uh to Edros, and i <laughs> sort of hand it to him gingerly and i say be, be careful with this one it's probably probably the deadliest thing i've ever held <laughs> oh boy hey remember that one time where i was using my doshko and then you overpowered it and made it really cool could you do that yeah. to this sometime promise promise you're yeah, darn right i will <laughs> yes <laughs> Please don't throw it at my head this time. Right? If I if I overcharge it and you throw it at Rebecca's head, I swear I'll. I'll yeah, at Rebecca's head, it. not Alindra's head. <laughs> well, I'm taking your really. toy away. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, stop throwing things at Rebecca's head. Yeah, we we should probably take this time to apply these fusions and all of that too that we picked up. Oh, you yeah. had to do that way before. Yeah, yeah we did that. Like we did. I'm just looking for an opportunity to talk about what we bought. <laughs> okay, well, when it comes up in combat, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Then <laughs> it doesn't take fifteen minutes to uh, to do. Um, so you guys uh, are waiting the time, heading out after it's pressurized. You don't have to use your your helmets, your environmental protections. Uh, you guys can step out of the ship, and you see basically everything you saw from the the windows. It looks pretty empty in here, and you just see these convex doors to the the south. What do you want to do? Let's walk through them. Yeah, approach the doors. So you're going up first, Miles. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> Why yeah, Alindra pushes Madras toward the doors. Madras <laughs> was too busy staring at his new blade. He didn't realize what we were supposed to be doing. He's like, oh, I just want to look at the shiny thing a little longer. Oh, fine. I'll open the door. Here. As Adras steps forward, it's very good at opening the door because it <laughs> the convex doors open automatically. <laughs> so, cast a magic spell <laughs> on the, the double doors. And inside you see a well-lit circular chamber 30 feet in diameter are you are you moving in there oh i bet it's an elevator everybody get, I, ride an elevator yay loving an elevator it's gonna be very tight <laughs> it's 30 feet wide you guys can all fit uh, fairly easily can knack roll a perception check before we go into this circular space no let's leave knack get in here stop <laughs> stop wasting time you can roll for yourself, but everyone's already moving. Raby's pushing the, the, the closed door button, which well, never works in any elevator. <laughs> uh, there are indeed no buttons until you step inside, and then as soon as you do, as soon as you all step inside, the, the door shut behind you, and you see a couple of blue lighted buttons just kind of emerge from the metallic lining of the wall, and one of them is seemingly kind of an, a stylistic Kish arrow that points up, and the other is uh, an arrow that points down. What do you want to do? Go down. I think we're going down. Yep. We're all, all going right. down. Pressing the down button, and you immediately begin to descend. You can feel 
the acceleration downwards just slightly as there are, are shock absorbers and a, a built-in anti-gravity pad in this elevator shaft that makes the transit ooh, so smooth. And a minute and a half later, the elevator stops. The buttons appear again, one up and one down. A draw hits the up button. <laughs> what? No. Uh, no. <laughs> 90 seconds later, <laughs> you arrive back upstairs and the, the doors uh, open and, and an elevator, elevator full of people is frowning. There's a ship in the bay. You can see a goblin in the front window waving. <laughs> Everyone else but Tyler figured out my elevator riddle. <laughs> uh, no, if you hit the, the down arrows again, doors, you know, open up and it opens these doors into a, a brightly lit facility. The ceiling uh, here is about uh, 30 feet tall. Um, you see the, the contoured walls are all the same smooth metallic and, you know, from this area that you open up and you, you see this room breaks off in a few directions and uh, you smell the air here. It's very, you know, you can take a, taste it on your tongue. The, the mixture is just off. It's very stale. Gives the place the feeling of like a morgue coffin. What do you guys want to do? Are the lights on? Uh, yes. Okay. I'm going to right. step into the hall. I'll take point. Let's figure out. This place is creepy already. So let's stop you right there. So as... As you move forward, hear a high-pitched whining sound, followed by the sound of automatic fire ripping through the air towards you guys, hitting the metal of the elevator behind you. Two desperate hunger cultists stand right in the crux of this hall, hiding behind a couple of corners. We're in combat. I need everyone to make an initiative roll right now. Oh, oh boy. Natural 20. Wasting that natural 20 on initiative. Man. It's going to be, it's gonna be yeah, one of those. Too. <laughs> We're oh. destined to roll ones now during combat. I know. Oh, please let me roll better. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah. Uh, no. That's, not, uh, that's yes. a single digit, buddy. <laughs> that, I was rolling a d20 to see how many cultists there were, so there's only six. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but we are, they are starting us off with some automatic fire. Attack rolls here. Ooh, 17 on the dice. That is going to hit everyone um, as the entire corridor filled with some kind of KAC automatic piercing rounds. So this, is, like I said, uh, 17 is going to hit everyone here and I will damage dice. So uh, starting us off, that is 23 points of damage to what a load of flame. everyone. What a load of flame. Everybody. And that is KAC damage. And now we're in normal turn order with Andis 147. You are first. Alrighty, let's see. I am going to sort of step forward. Yeah, moving uh, down the hall. Yeah, I'm going to move move down the hall so these guys don't have any cover against me. I'm going to go ahead and overcharge my uh, my old Bigum's gun. Uh-oh. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh, I mean my disruption rifle. Bigum's gun? <laughs> yeah, Bigum's uh, gun. Uh, uh, and is there anything new about that rifle? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Courtesy of, uh, Raimi, I've got myself a nice little, uh, conserving fusion. So, 
Yeah, one of be. the most BS confusions in this game. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so happy about it. I'm going to be overcharging every chance I get. I'm so excited. So what, what does that do exactly? That's from um, Armory as well. That Yeah, it's from the Armory. Basically, when you miss, your weapon doesn't consume ammunition. Whoa. So... So Jeez. if you if you have a round of uh, what's a clip ten shots regular uh, for me Three. yeah uh, regular it's eight eight shots so you know all eight of those are gonna hit <laughs> right right <laughs> right no matter what right when I overcharge you know it does triple it uses triple the amount of ammunition when mm-hmm. I uh, when I uh, boost it does double the amount of ammunition from normal and so. When, I, when I'm boosting and overcharging, I only get two shots out of my <laughs> out of a battery. Yeah. <laughs> All so this will probably be pretty useful. So you're moving into the hallway past these two cultists that are taking cover kind of around the the corners of the the where the the hole splits off to the north and south. Right, I'm just running right down through the middle of them. Making a a shot, is that what's happening? <laughs> yeah. All right, so there's one to the north, one to the south. Oh man, that was it was on the eighteen, and then it was rocking towards the twenty, but it was only a seventeen altogether. Good news, you don't waste your ammo. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Goes back in, but bad news is that is a miss, and it takes us to Alindra Vallis, Rebecca, and Jabert both rolled a twenty on initiative. <laughs> FML, um, Rebecca, what do you got next? <laughs> um. I'm going to go crazy. I'm oh, so geez. sick of these cultists. Oh, and I'm going to use... <laughs> don't you love it when I say that? So I'm going to use my high boots to jump and also full attack. All right. So you're moving on forward with basically a, a free haste. Yeah. And I'm going to use my solar open two times. Um, so each of these will be negative three. Mm-hmm. So that's a 22 to hit. Against KAC? Yes. And it's a miss on this oh, first no. one. Oh, yeah. no. All right, let's try again. Oh, no, that's oh, even no. worse. Fail. This is, why, this is why, Drew, when you don't go first, everyone messes up. <laughs> Look, I can't. That one, Need I that can't get help it. One would have been a hit, that first one. Uh, yeah, the four on the dice for the second attack, those are both misses. But you are now right next to this cultist who uh, <laughs> is, this is the one uh, here to the north that has what looks like a, an automatic rifle that is smoking because it's unloaded a full clip into you all. But next in the turn order, just right behind these two, is Nack Feldspar. Uh, so Nack is going to point at the cultist that Alindra is attacking and use his move action to, of course, get him! And then, with his standard action, he would like to try to use a clever feint on this guy to give him some negatives. Ooh, new ability. Now, this is a... What, what skill check is this? Bluff. Oh, bluff. So the DC is equal, I think, to the CR, the creature. Is that correct? Uh, you know, I need to. I used it last episode, and I can't remember what it is. Um, I've forgotten to. I think it's 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 a bluff to faint. So whatever the faint uh, ability would be. And that's either a, a 10 plus their sense motive or uh, 15 plus one and a half times the CR. Usually that's going to be better. I don't think these guys have... Nope, nope. No, no good sense motive. So 
The DC we're trying to hit here is a 25. So is that something like you automatically do? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Um, close Why don't to you go, it. <laughs> go ahead and make me that, that check then. Yeah. So that's a 28. Should I bother throwing my expertise on top of that? Nah. Well, I just said the DC is uh, 25, so nope. No, uh, this one uh, that Alindra is on, yeah, you're kind of juking and jiving behind him and uh, throwing him off a little bit. And everyone's everyone's got get him on him as well. So it's a minus two to his AC right as he's flat footed. Yes. And everyone has a plus two to hit him. So it's basically a what we call a four point swing. <laughs> um, awesome. And that brings us next in the turn order. Turn one, Adros Veronis. Okay. Adros has his two new weapons or his bunch of new things. Mm-hmm. Alindra seems to have that guy pretty much tied down. So there is another cultist. What is that guy wielding? Um, it, it's hard to see him. He's basically in, in full cover right now from where you are. You oh, can Adros see him at all? Yeah, you can see him just kind of like poking out maybe a head and a shoulder. But okay, you'd well, a, then he, you'd have to move to attack him. He's going to move up right to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. What weapon are we using? We're going to use the ultra-thin longsword on this guy. <laughs> and uh, we're going to try to just make a fine cut gently across the throat. Quick, successive cut across the grain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a natural one. Unbelievable. Natural one. <laughs> yeah. That's the way to start out level 10 proper. None of these 20s. <laughs> yeah, no, don't. <laughs> Don't count last episode. Yeah, we this were level ten last episode. Let's. I know, but this is that was a that was nothing. <laughs> okay, let me roll on cosmiccrit.com. You can find that on the the, the bar on the right hand side. The critical fail deck made by our Crittermanders, fans of the podcast. We're gonna open these up again before season two, probably because there's some really good ones that you guys came up. This oh, is a. This is the melee one. Oh boy, it's so rough. Submitted by JJJ. Oh no. One of oh, no. My favorite submitter to the uh, fails. Oh boy. You you miss with this the the long sword. Uh, th- this is called sickening sh- shock. Your weapon clangs against a hard surface and the reverberations make you feel icky. Make a fortitude save. I'm not using my eel jacket on a crit fail. I'm going to say that <laughs> right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say if, that straight up, if folks. You, if you fail this, you better. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Natural toot. Natural toot. All right. You've already said you're not. not I'm re- not using it. Not re-rolling. The DC on this was 20, so it was was pretty major. You failed, and the reverberation caused you to be nauseated. Why don't Sweet. Oh, man. Why don't you roll me a D4? Oh man, roll one. End of eight. End of eight. Two. Okay, so that's not that bad. But you are nauseated for some time. I will tell you when this is done. No so you're all just lying out, immediately feeling bad. No. Uh, but don't worry, because next it is their turn, and they are going to going to come back at you. This one that you just tried to to strike does indeed have a long sword out in in the hand. He's got a, a grenade also ready to go because you are on top of him. Yeah, I think he I think he's gonna try to make a couple double attacks against Edros. 
with the longsword. What is your KC, Tyler? 29. Okay, I've rolled a hit on the first, I believe. No, a miss on the first. I can remember how to subtract four. Uh, two misses. <laughs> two big first bridges. I rolled 11 and an eight. This one. because I threw up on his feet. <laughs> this guy this guy up here throws down this rifle in front of a Melindra and is going to make an attack against you. Um, I should mention he is behind what looks like an overturned table or chair. So he's getting a little bit of cover, but you're also going to get this cover as well. So he's going to make a, a single attack with his long sword. And I believe that is going to be a hit with a single attack. Awesome. D8. Uh, so this is 22 points of damage. That is their turn, which means it is the third enemy combatant's turn, who is indeed going to materialize out of a wall behind you. Nice. Oh, 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 man. oh beans. Oh, it I is so sick of these things. It is an unliving shade <laughs> who is laying in wait in the wall, and he's going to attack the people in the back of the party, either Raimi or Knack. I'll just roll a d10. We'll go down the turn order. See who he's going to attack. Oh, it's high. So that means we're going right for Raimi. Get you right here in this corner. And this shade. I'm sure you guys uh, <laughs> didn't get enough of them. The the previous like six episodes. Uh, is, uh, is making an incorporeal attack against you. This is a EAC touch attack. Reaches out with its hand. What is your EAC, Mark? Uh, 26. 26. Haven't gone in the turn order. Means you are still flat-footed. I've rolled a 24, though. No, I've rolled a 22, <laughs> which means even with your 24, that is a miss. Woohoo! A six on the dice isn't gonna do it, but that is the state of the combatants. The bottom of turn one, Raimi Quindar. All right, so uh, this guy in front of me, you said he's an unliving shade? Yes, much like the ones that you fought in the facility, this, like, one, the spawn of malice, the shade that you've already destroyed. It's a ghostly figure that kind of looks like it's made of a black, ichor-like smoke. So does that mean I could use my command undead on it? Oh, you monster. I hate everything about yes. the way this conversation is Yes! Uh, this is indeed a undead creature. And I think there are some specifications for that uh, spell. It does have an intelligence score. You know, these used to be, uh, from what you've been able to glean, living uh, beings. And they were just kind of ripped from, you know, their, their souls ripped from their bodies and turned into these these ghost figures. So I believe it will get a will save, if I remember. This is yes. a command undead, a level two spell? Yes. So what is the DC? Uh, so 24. I don't know. Uh, 16, sorry. <laughs> a little different. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, 16 for the DC. And now if you are casting this, it is right on top of you. It will provoke an attack of opportunity. Is that something you want to take? Or do you want to move and cast and provoke? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll move and cast. Okay, moving will provoke as well unless you want to do a fancy dancy teleport. Oh, duh. <laughs> okay, burning that RP early. I'm fun. Um, so I'm where, where do you want to teleport? Pop over here. Okay, right by Andis between the two other cultists. Then I will make my will save. For these guys, it is their best save. Oh, man. I'll tell you that. Ooh, and a 19 on the dice. Doesn't matter. 
so Raimi just goes back to the ship. He's done. <laughs> oh, you have to go back through this ghost, though. <laughs> uh, uh, he's going to teleport. He's going to teleport. <laughs> teleport in the bye the button and be Would like ninety seconds later. <laughs> That's fine. See ya. That's turn one. At the top of turn number two, we're back to Jabert with Andis one four seven. All right. I'm going to uh, let's see to this guy to the north who's next to Alindra. Does that person have uh, get him and maybe a? He's maybe. been fainted. He's been yeah. uh, he's flat-footed and get him. Oh yeah, that's what I'm looking for. All right, so I'm going to track that one. Actually, no, since we've got a since we've already got get him up, I'm going to use boost and overcharge. Okay. All right. So one giant hit. Good gracious. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be it. Dude! That'll be, no, three! T- yeah, <laughs> three, three. It's not great. Uh, so that'll be a 20 with get him. A 20 with get him, but EAC and KAC is dropped by two, which is just a hit. Oh, yes. man. Oh, my, oh my goodness. Right. Holy moly. Oh. Uh, we, we've Ooh. talked about fastball specially knack, but it's more like knack is get them specially everyone <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> that would not have been a hit if not for both of those bonuses. Yep. And All right. Here goes boost and overcharge. <laughs> oh, boy. All righty. Nice. nice little spread so. there. Yeah, yeah. So that's 36 points of damage. Ouch. <laughs> he feels that one uh, as you unload into like the bulk of his chest uh, a huge wave of sonic energy that like ripples and you see bits of his armor kind of break off. Okay, and next in the turn order is Undravalis. Rebecca, this one just been blasted in the chest. And is is still standing the other side of you. Now he's got a long sword as well. Okay, but he still has get him on him. Um, so I'm going to uh, full attack against this guy and see how that goes. Maybe better than last time. I hope. Um, oh, I also forgot to mention that I'm photon attuned. So oh. two points in that so far. Okay, so this first attack is going to be a 28 to hit. Very AC. much a hit. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> So it's going to be 37 damage. 37. <laughs> Soul oh, <boy>. fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hit. Uh, a lot of damage. You chop this guy for as much as uh, Andis got on that boost attack. And you still have another attack? Yep, I do. I do. So I'm going to bring down my solar weapon on him again. And that's going to be a 26 to hit. This game is broken. That's a hit. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm making up for my last turn. It's, it's fine. Um, and that's going to be 32 damage. Oh, boy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> He's not doing well. I can tell you that much. Still up, but after two swipes of your solar weapon, looks like he is, you know, hanging on by a thread. You see these massive wounds you've caused bleeding freely chopping up his armor. <sighs> Next is Knack. Uh, Drew, it is your turn. Yeah, so Knack is going to cautiously move up here next to Alindra. Okay. Oh, right right next to her, next to this cultist. Yes. Um, hmm. You know what? He is... This is probably a bad move, but he is going to go ahead and take aim at this cultist that has been attacked so many times. 
with his uh, disruption pistol, his minor disruption pistol, and get him. And he's also going to boost that shot. Uh, okay. okay, so maybe you knew this going in because <laughs> you're so tactically sound. Uh, shooting a pistol right next to him would normally provoke an attack of opportunity, but with uh, him being fainted, he is flat-footed until the end of your next turn, which oh. is this turn. Why you think so, I got all up in his grill? He uh, doesn't get that attack yeah. of opportunity. Uh, so I am going to, again, attack with that disruption pistol with a boost, so let's see what this yep. does. So that is yeah. a 24 with Getum. Of course, he's mm. flat-footed. Yeah, so you've put the pistol almost next to one of these wounds. These cuts Alindra has opened up in his chest cavity, even before the boost. Uh, that is enough. You see his armor just kind of explode outwards, along with bits of his body. <laughs> Falls to the ground dead immediately. Gotcha! <laughs> he was Getumed and got... He's dead. One down. Next in the turn order, Edros Veronis. Back to you, Tyler. Uh, I got this this other one here. Yeah, hold on. Let me. Uh, I'm gonna recite to you what happens this turn. Oh no! <laughs> Gross. Uh, that's it. Um, I I can't take any actions. So I'm gonna take. I can't take one move action. So. Uh, that is true. I'm going to move back here and hope that my me being nauseated all over the place will distract this guy long enough for someone else to come in and hit him. Other than that, it's <laughs> all I can do. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to keep him from getting away, perhaps. Yeah, he he sees you behind him. Uh, yeah, I don't, can you make attacks of opportunity? I don't even think you can take reactions, but uh, he might, might get around that. I think he's going to move, and, and while he does... It's going to pull out a grenade and lob it in the main group's direction. Your guys is that are not next to Edros. <laughs> and that's going to be a Lindranak, Raimi, and Andis. Can you make me a reflex save? Alindra, watch your step. I don't know. Can you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Andis, a great roll here. Lindra, not so much. Raimi and Nack, both 20s. This was was indeed a DC 20 so everyone except Alindra has saved uh, but the, uh, upgraded them a little bit this is not an incendiary grenade but a very powerful frag frag grenade so everyone but Alindra has taken half damage as you're able to kind of move some of this some of this cover here maybe jump out of the way last second so it is 15 points of damage Alindra and for Nack, Raimi and Andis seven points of kinetic damage and this one the shade is going to move to the closest person to it which is going to be Alindra at this point and it's going to try and make a attack against you put its hand through your chest try and stop your hearts an 11 on the dice it's going to be a hit and because this is against EAC and is 10 points of incorporeal damage that is the enemy's turn bringing us back to Raimi Raimi is going to use his X-Gun rifle, X-Gun rifle at the uh, cultist that is still alive. Right, the <laughs> alive cultist, not the dead um, shade cultist. It's a 23 to hit. 23. What? Or, no, the 22, I guess. Is there any other bonuses you've got there? I don't think so. I thought Get'em was still inactive. Nah, that's, that's on the now dead one. Unfortunately, 22 is a miss. 
Do you want to make a move action? Yeah, I'm going to um, just kind of move back a little bit between uh, Nack and Andis. And that brings us to turn three to Andis147. All right. Uh, I got this guy in my sights. So this living cultist. Yeah, this cultist. He's right in front of me. Um, I'm going to track him and give him a regular shot. That's a 24 versus EAC. That's a hit. All right. That's going to be 20 points even. All righty. Um, another blast to his chest. Not as devastating as the one you gave to his buddy. But this one still shaking him as he's trying to hold on to his sword. Alendra Vallis, you're next. You've got a shade on top of you. Yeah, with the shade right here. I think I might as well uh, try to double attack it. Oh, no. <laughs> I forgot you got a new fusion as well. Yeah, I have Ghost Killer on my solar weapon now. Yes! Oh, oh boy. Double attack, too. Double attack, double attack. All right, we'll see. So this is negative three to each of these, right? Yeah, no, get them. That's going to be a 21 to hit. Hit. Hit? That's a lot. Yeah. Oh, good. All right, so that's going to do 39 damage. It's so hurt. (laughs) It's it's not doing great on that. Yeah, your blade now just where before it like cut through these things and barely made a dent. You've cut out about half of its body mass and you see ectoplasm, black goo spill onto the ground. Make that second attack. Oh, oh that's even better. Oh, yes. oh, oh, yes. 45 damage. And with that, it is obliterated out of existence. Yes. This is a fusion that pays for itself. Oh, man, ghost color is so worth it. Okay. Yeah, remember when those guys at the first fight against them took, like, five rounds to kill? (laughs) One round. Let's go. It's dead. Knackfeld Spar, we're back to you. We've got one guy left, and, of course, I'm going to get him as well as try to uh, I uh, pick up a rock and throw it behind him and say, look out behind you, idiot. Clever faint. <laughs> <laughs> you big dum-dum. Uh, so that's a 23. I'm going to add my expertise to that. Yes, with the expertise, that will be enough. Yes, that's a 30. <laughs> yep. So flat-footed, he's like, huh? <laughs> I'm glad we've got a, a new fun ability here. Uh, <laughs> And one that our next person cannot use at all. Tyler, this is your turn. Do you, uh, you want to move anywhere? Ed, Ed Ross uses his move action to to lay down, and he looks over to Linda and goes, You got this. I'm just going <laughs> to hang out down here for a while. That, uh, good job. Really stroke, good job. Your, stroke your eel jacket that you could be. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He's he's definitely just looking at his, at his new sword like, One day. One day. <laughs> 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 we'll do great things, Magma. Magma. <laughs> will be great. It's oh, going to be so great. Uh, this one is going to actually, this one's going to drop his sword and he's going to pull out his rifle because he's also got one. He's not used yet. No, that's going to be a full action if I want to shoot everybody. Uh, he's got to move or take out this gun and move. Either way, he's only getting one attack. So he'll... He'll take a step back. Yeah, he's going to drop his his sword, pull out his rifle, and he's going to make a single attack against one of the people he can see here. He's going to make an attack against Andis. No. Gave him a little rudititute shoot <laughs> with this uh, this huge rifle here. 
10 on the dice. What is your KAC? Uh, 27. KAC. That is going to be a hit. So we roll some D8s. 12 on the dice. That is 26 points of damage. As he is just winding up this gun. Feels like he's about to open up on all of you. But first, Rami Quindar. Your turn, Mark. I'm going to uh, use my X-Gen rifle. All right. Rifle versus rifle. Ugh, it's a mess. <sighs> Boy. Seven. Yeah, that's going to be a miss. And that takes us to the next turn. And we're back to the top with Jabert Andis. This guy tried to take a shot at you and did. <laughs> this guy tried and also did shoot me. He's trying to, I think he's trying to kill you. I'm going to overcharge this shot Boy, and no. just uh, put it right down his gobsnopper. Yeah, oh, range yeah. battle. Uh, 19 <laughs> on the dice. A hit. Alright, let's see. Uh, so many extra damage dice here. Um, yes, that'll be 38 points of damage right to oh, his boy. right in his in his chubby little cheeks. Yeah, it <laughs> nearly blasts him back to the end of this room, but you see him standing in his ground, kind of just soaking up that damage right in his gut. Alindra Vallis, we're back to you. <laughs> All right, just for fun. Just for fun. Oh, no. I'm going to step forward by 15 I, feet. I, I forgot what turn it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, over. I, this is like turn four, right? So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to supernova. Oh, boy. Reflex save for these guys. Well, it's just one guy, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. But it's it's uh, it's not not their best. Not their worst. It's right in the middle. Oh. Worse. <laughs> and it's, awesome. it's their worst when I roll a natural one. For <laughs> oh, They'll be taking boy. the full damage here. Is a 10 okay? Is a 10 enough? No. No. Uh, no. Definitely not. Boy. All right. Here we go. That is 49 damage. <laughs> How many bad guys do their gravestones just say, and now it's Alindra Vallis' turn? <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot. <laughs> it's basically a death sentence. Oh, boy. He had, uh, for my general math here, 47 hit points left. Ah, so, yay! Goes up in a plume of solar fire. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Why did I have to mess that like, save up? He's dead. We're out of combat. Yay! Woo! Pretty, pretty fast and dangerous one. A turn later, Adrosferanus doubled over in pain, <laughs> collects <laughs> himself. Right, and just walks over to, sure. to check on Adros and see if. Hey, are, boy, are you all right? Is Mateo look okay? <laughs> last time, <laughs> la last time, last time we did this, I was kind of beat up. <laughs> right, the uh, and just hand, uh, hands uh, hands him some uh, some Pepto Bismol. Some, some space oh. peptidism. Oh, th thank you. I, I'm starting to feel a little better, but, uh, oh. They're like the tabs that don't really work, because he'll be fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a tab, and he tries to chew it, but he has pointy teeth, so it just gets stuck on one of his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like he's got pink in impaled. his teeth now. <laughs> yeah, it's just impaled, and now it's awkward. <laughs> and he's just, now he's I feel just, so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel better, right? Okay, I think I can. I think I can go on. Uh, what happened to that one guy who uh, I tried to fight? <laughs> he comes around the corner. Oh God! Oh, Sarenray! Oh well, he's dead. Okay. 
I think all all those were Alinder kills. Am I correct? And I got one. I got uh, one. Uh, oh, got yeah. One. Nat got the, yes. Yeah. Two hit points left. Look, I, I, t- I took <laughs> what I could get. I took what I could get. Oh, boy. We're we're out of combat, and uh, you guys can rest, but just for a moment before a digital projection screen kind of apparates into the smooth metal along this southern wall beneath this dead cultist <laughs> that's like burnt to a crisp. It, it buzzes and, and pixelates and soon presents the 3D image of an android woman's head. She wears the spiked armor of one of these cultists, uh, but a set of very heavily modded Defiance series specialist armor. But what strikes you, very dead look in her eyes below a toxic pink mohawk that falls over to one side of her face. She sneers, and Andis, you feel her looking just right through you, through this holographic camera lens and boring into your soul. She says, well, 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 look who finally decided to show up. If it isn't the Starfinders served up on a silver platter with none other than Andis. We have been expecting you. No, that's not right. I I should say, we've been lying in wait for you. No lying, I presume. That's right. You wouldn't remember, but I can tell you one thing, Andis. None of your friends are leaving this facility alive. My children of the Star Eater, they will break you. They'll break everything about you, and then we will slay you for the Dark God. And Andis, I will make sure that you live to see me peel the flesh from your friends' backsides. I will amplify their screams so your soul never forgets your folly, your hubris in coming to this place to challenge me. Just like back on Depthsis. We'll mm. see about that. Oh, she's still talking? <laughs> we, 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 we've heard this spiel before about how everyone's going to kill us and, and blah, blah, blah. But all I all I see is... Yeah, Raimi, this is serious right now, okay? And I turned back to Null Nine and I said, We're coming to get you, Null Nine. <laughs> uh, no, she says, Let's let's play a game. I have gateways to open and hells to unleash upon this universe. If you find me in time, I promise you a fair fight, and only one of your friends will die. But if you miss me, I will see you on the other side of the Veil of Death after the Devourer consumes you all. So... TikTok Starfinders, the race is on, and it's not only the fate of the universe on the line, it's also to be continued. Ah! <laughs> it's also that next week <laughs> on the podcast. Oh. Man, I need a 10 minute break, but now we don't have time. <laughs> Did I hit you like ever? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You hit us all, remember? the heck out of her. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. You, you uh, shot yeah. her, you stabbed her, and you hit her with an ethereal claw. There's time to take 10-minute breaks, but how many? What is this time frame? How big is this facility? How big is this map you have to explore? We'll find out next week. Maybe have some more battles. Maybe we'll just talk it out. We, we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> hug it out. We should hug it out. Hug it out. Care Bear Stare Action. Hug it out indeed. <laughs> oh boy, that's that's this episode. <laughs> episode, I don't remember the... 56. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's hard to believe. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. How are you guys doing? Uh, I'm, I'm all right. 
I just said I, I definitely need a 10 minute rest before we, we go any further as well. Tyler, what you thinking? Uh, well, guess who doesn't need a 10 minute rest? Cause he didn't do anything. <laughs> he just said they're throwing up the entire time. You know, this, yeah, this is, uh, this that's is definitely... the thing you do now. You get taken out by a, a status ailment in the first round of every fight. <laughs> you, <laughs> just, no, just, just mostly just for it. fun. Why don't, uh, Tyler, you roll another fortune save. Let's see what would have come up if you use that eel skin <laughs> jacket just for fun. I, I know, I know people want, probably are going to say, why didn't he do that? We have other fights coming up, and I wasn't going to waste no, it. don't. Uh, oh, I mean, oh, I would have barely, <laughs> barely, barely, barely made it. 20 is what the DC was. Barely. I rolled an eight on the dice that time. So, Starfinder is the I, best game ever. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was fine with that. I trust, he trusts Alindra. He's fine curling up into a ball for one fight. <laughs> is We'll, we'll, we need that old skin jacket. Find out next time. Let's wrap it up there. Thank you guys for playing with me. And thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And As always. Everyone out there wants to say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Everybody. Good night. Good night.